media corruption. Now, I, I do this every day. I'm sorry to be boring. I don't want to do it every day, but I have no choice. So we reported that on Friday, last Friday, the biggest story in the land, in the country, by far, was the Jesse Smollett guilty verdict. Okay? There was not a bigger story. It wasn't even close. The Kentucky tornadoes didn't happen until the weekend. Okay? So everybody was covering it, but not MSNBC, run by NBC News. So from 7 o'clock in the evening until midnight, that's prime time and more, not one mention of the Jesse Smollett verdict on MSNBC. That's, I have never seen anything like it. Again, this is NBC News. Didn't mention it. Total blackout. Why? Because 24% of MSNBC viewers are African-American, according to uh, Public Opinion Strategies Market Research Study. All right? 24%. And from the beginning, MSNBC said Smollett was innocent. The Trump people beat him up and wanted to hang him. Now, over and over and over. So then when the verdict comes in and he's guilty, we don't mention it. I, I mean, it's incredible. So that was on the back of Chris Cuomo getting booted out of CNN and Chris Wallace leaving abruptly, to say the least, Fox to go to CNN. And now we have Brian Williams pending. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go to CNN, but I think he's got another offer someplace else. So to, to put all this confusion and corruption into perspective, who better than our go-to media guy, Bernie Goldberg, high in the mountains of North Carolina, and he is the purveyor of BernardGoldberg.com. So where do you want to start? I mean, it's implosion in the uh, corporate media, no doubt about it. With, I want to start with your word corruption, which is the exact correct word. Let, let's, let's take the Chris Cuomo case. Um, I have said very publicly in the past that you can't cover your friends because there are too many conflicts of interest. And if you can't cover your friends, you sure as hell can't cover your brother. Uh, you can't be someone who's mapping out strategy because you have to be honest with your audience. As to whether he should have been fired or not, I don't care one way or another. And the reason I don't care is precisely because of what you just said about MSNBC. The corruption at cable news, not just MSNBC, but all of cable news is so extensive that the Chris Cuomo thing is just one aspect of it. If they fired him, that's okay with me. If they didn't, that would have been okay with me. But the corruption of cable news in general is much bigger than Chris Cuomo. All right, but you know how it works because you worked at CBS News for, I think, 75 years. I mean, you took over after McKinley was assassinated, and then you just went on uh, and on and on. So it's impossible for me to believe that Jeff Zucker, the head of CNN, didn't know that Chris Cuomo was helping his brother, Governor Andrew Cuomo. That is impossible. Am I wrong? Well, the first, the, well, the first thing before I get to that, I have an alibi on when McKinley was shot. <laughs> I, I was not at the scene that day. I was I was at the gym that day. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing, I'm, guessing, 
<laughs> um, look, what, what Jeb Zucker knew and what he didn't know, this is another thing that doesn't register on my give a crap meter. And Bill, it's because the corruption is too widespread. I'll tell you what he did know. He did know that CNN can't get enough of stories that make Donald Trump look bad, but they don't want to do too many stories that make Joe Biden look bad. They don't do stories about the mess at the southern border, but they do stories about Donald Trump. That Zucker, what whatever he knew about Chris Cuomo, and I suspect you're right. I suspect that he knew more than he was saying, but he figured maybe we can get away with this. At some point he realized this is going south. I'm not going to let it affect me, Jeff Zucker. Chris Cuomo's got to go. Right. But he's not fixing the rest of the corruption at CNN. And neither, neither are any of the other people who run cable news operations fixing the corruption at their outfits. No, because the corporations don't care. They just want as much money as possible. Now, exactly. CNN is rebranding. And that's what Chris Wallace is all about. Okay. So um, I was taken by surprise. Fox News was taken by surprise. They had no idea, all right, that Wallace uh, signed a deal with CNN. Um, and CNN, this is the first step in getting people that aren't crazy lunatics on the left to work for them. I think that's what's going on here, right? Well, I'd, I'd rather approach this from Chris Wallace's point of view. Why did he leave Fox News? He, he says he wants to do other things besides politics, and CNN streaming service provides that opportunity. Well, Fox has a streaming service, Fox Nation. They would have provided that opportunity. He didn't want to be part of Fox News anymore, and his departure doesn't come in a vacuum. Just last month, two prominent conservative contributors, Jonah Goldberg, no relation, and Stephen Hayes, left because they have had enough, or they had had enough, of what Fox News had become. And what it became was, as one person put it, the Trump administration in exile. And I'm pretty sure, I have, in fairness to your audience, I have no inside information, but I'm pretty sure Chris Wallace left, not because CNN provided him an opportunity to do other kinds of things, but because he was fed up with what Fox News had become. I don't know about that. Um, Chris is a social creature and the winds uh, in Washington where he lives and socializes are decidedly against Fox News. They always have been, but not to this level. All right. Now, now you have abject hatred of Fox News. It was tolerated when I was there. I still got access to Barack Obama and most Democratic politicians on the factor. Now, never. It, the hatred is so, so high. And that's because of Donald Trump. There's no doubt about that. So I think that Mr. Wallace got an offer that paid him commiserate with what he was making at FNC. And he said, hey, this is much better for my life in general. So I'm going over there. I think that's what happened. Yeah, but that's not much different. I'm, I'm just putting a few, a, a few emphasis, a little emphasis on, on Chris Wallace's side. He could have stayed at Fox. There was nobody wanted him out of Fox. Yeah, but if he didn't, he, he didn't want to be part. He didn't want to be part of what Fox News has become, and that is, as I said a few seconds ago, the Trump administration in exile. It wasn't that way when you were there, Bill. It wasn't that way when I was on your show as a regular. 
it no, is not, we were hard not, on candidate Trump um, and we were fair and, and treated him the same way. But I, I disagree with you in the sense that in Washington, D.C. now, if you work for Fox News, you're a pariah. Oh, I, I agree with that. You, and that wasn't the way it was five years ago. Okay. Do you think do you think Fox News is today what it was five years ago? No. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it, the whole right. thing has changed. But the individual show that Wallace was doing, Fox News Sunday, and his commentaries on Brett Baer and others, they didn't change. He did exactly what he did forever and could have continued doing that. Fox News management didn't come to say to Chris Wallace, you better like Trump. Uh, they never did that. Um, and, and, and he was walled off from everybody else. So what other people on Fox were doing didn't directly affect him except in the social realm. You see my point? Yeah, I'm willing to accept that. But let me ask you this. How sorry do you think, and you probably have better information than I do, how, how sorry do you think Fox is that he left? It makes him look bad. I mean, it certainly does because he was a moderating force. The Trump people didn't like him, um, but he was only doing one show on Sunday. So it didn't matter. Um, but anybody, anybody who has been critical of Donald Trump, you could be a rock solid conservative. You could dislike everything about liberal Democrats in Washington. But if you said anything negative about Donald Trump, you were in Fox's crosshairs. And well, maybe not, not Chris there, Wallace. Maybe uh, not Chris Wallace. I'm, I'm willing to. I'm willing to be on your. Be with you on that. Chris Wallace may have been bulletproof, but he was. But Fox News wasn't tolerating. But a guy like Geraldo, he he's critical of Trump sometimes. They don't. You can, you can be a liberal and be critical of Trump, but you can't be a conservative and be critical of him. But here's here's the difference. There's no order that I know of, and I'd know. Because my producers that I train, they're in still there, over there. There's no order for anybody on Fox News to give Donald Trump favorable treatment. That doesn't yeah. happen, okay? They don't, you don't need a memo, people. Bill. What? You don't need a memo. Everybody has them. Everybody got the message. But they choose people to put on the air who are Trump supporters. Yeah, right. I mean, okay. But there's no order like MSNBC we order you not to cover Jesse Smollett. That right. doesn't happen. See, that, that's, that's the difference, uh, the degree uh, of what's happening over there. But I agree with you that the whole tempo of FNC has changed, all right? And Chris Wallace didn't like the change. Right. And so he left. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, now, when you look at, first of all, I'm both angry and sad that traditional journalism has blown up and it'll never come back, in my opinion, in this country, because these corporations don't care about information. They don't care about the American people. All they want to do is make money. OK, so I'm angry because I see the corruption every single day. And I have to live it. I mean, just the Trump tour, the corruption on that, the reporting on that was just staggeringly dishonest. And I'm sad because it hurts the country. Who, who are we going to have watching these politicians now? There's nobody left. 
it, it doesn't make me angry and it doesn't make me sad, not because you're wrong. Every syllable you said is correct, but because I know that I can't do anything about it. It is so far freaking gone that I could talk. I'm talking into the wind when I complain about this stuff and I'm just tired of it. They have corrupted the news. And you know what? You know who gets away with with a lot of this? The audience, because they're giving the audience exactly what the audience wants. The audience wants corruption. They'll all say, the people listening to us right now will say, that's not true. I don't want corruption. I want honesty. No, I don't think so. Some of you do. Many of you don't. Many of you want your own views, your own biases, your own values shot right back at you as you sit at home and watch television. And that's why they do what they do as you as you. All right. But all of the know. audiences are dwindling now. All of them are, are, are they're all going down so that, yes, you're correct. There are some people who want to hear uh, their own beliefs parroted right back at them. But it's the golden age of cable news. And I invented it is over. And network Bill, news is even worse. It, Bill, that's even I can, worse. I, I can tell you why you're right. I'm just one person. But I can't count how many people have come to me and said, I can't watch that anymore. That's right. That's absolutely right. And it's the same every night. All right. Go, uh, BernardGoldberg.com is a good website for you to go because Goldberg's a feisty guy. And, and he, uh, he writes what he believes, and then you can kick it around. And so that's what a good website does. But I, I, I noticed that unlike BillOReilly.com, which has this magnificent Christmas store, you don't have a Hanukkah store on BernardGoldberg.com. I was expecting, you know, to get some nice well, that, Hanukkah well, gifts. No, that's not true. We sold out of all of our menorahs and our skull caps. And all the Jewish stuff we sold oh, out yeah. of that years, oh, years ago. There are so oh, many. There are so many Jewish people watching cable and watching your show and watching my website that we just sold out. I can't. I can't get enough. It's you know what? It's and the, the supply it's chain the, problems. It's you the supply get, chain. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Bernie. Supply chain I, problem. I, I think Hanukkah is over, but I hope you had a good one. I hope you have a great holiday, and we really appreciate you coming on. Merry Christmas to you, Bill. Okay. Let's get to COVID. So a new study says that this uh, Omicron variant 70 times more contagious than the regular COVID. So it means that if, if the bug gets into your system 70 times faster, you get it. Boom. Okay, and that's what we're seeing now. The upside is it's not as severe. Okay, so the study says it's not as the uh, infections in lungs are significantly lower, and that's what kills you. The lung infection can't breathe. Okay, so it's lower than COVID-19. Now, Fauci says, and this is another thing. So Fauci comes out yesterday and says, look, if you have the booster and Moderna and Pfizer, you're protected mostly against the Omicron. Well, I have the booster and the two shots, and I was glad to hear it, but I don't believe Fauci. I don't believe him. Even when he says something that is in my zone of approval, I don't believe him. Why is he there? 
And I don't, I mean, all I'm doing is just based upon his past performances. So I don't believe a word he says, even when he says something that I'd like to hear. But anyway, that's what Fauci says. Now, they did another study in South Africa where the Omicron variant uh, started. And it said that the hospital uh, admissions are 30% lower if you get Omicron than the regular COVID, which again says it's way more contagious, but it's not as severe. Now, I'm just reporting because I don't know. You know, I get letters all the time. What about this? What about that? What about natural immunity? What about... I don't know. All I can do is report what the medical studies show. How do I know? You know, my best advice to you, and it's good advice, so listen to me. Consult your doctor if you have any credit, any questions about vaccines or boosters or COVID in general or uh, masks or distance. Talk to your doctor about it. I hope you have one you can trust. And also be very, very cautious this Christmas time. Very cautious. Don't dive into crews. Dive into groups. You know, I had to go to a wake last night. A friend of mine's father died. I wore the mask at the wake. Okay, I don't like wearing a mask. All right, but I carry one now. And then, you know, I, there were a whole bunch of people at the wake I didn't know. So I put the mask on. Now, did the mask protect me? I have no blanking clue whether it protected me or not. But I asked my doctor, and she said, yeah, wear the mask in, in, if you go to any where there's people you don't know. Okay. I'll, so I'll do it because I want to protect not only myself but my family. Google, another uh, social media company, as you know. So they're going to fire everybody that works for them if you don't get vaccinated. So now uh, employees are losing pay. Right, pay deductions for the unvaxxed. And by January 18th, if you're not vaccinated and you work for Google, you're toast. Okay? So they'll give you 30 days paid leave to get vaccinated. If you don't, you're done. Um, Google. NFL. So 100 players have tested positive for COVID. They're in the locker rooms, unmasked and on top of one another in the practice facilities. So remember, the football players practice every day and then they play on Sunday or Thursday or Monday or whatever it is. So when they're that close and there's no vax mandate, all right, in uh, the NFL, um, some teams, individual teams have it. Uh, I think the Tampa Bay Bucks have it. Uh, but the uh, 100 players, so now the games coming up Saturday and Sunday are all going to be skewed because big stars are in COVID protocol. But the league go, oh, no, we're going because of the money. You get stadiums and, and, you know, the people are going to go. And that's why, you know, when I see um, it is a phenomenon. The NFL is a powerful, the most powerful entertainment entity in the world, even more powerful than soccer in Europe. So people are willing to go to the games. And that's why, you know, when I'm doing this Trump tour in Texas, I mean, and, and Florida, thousands and thousands of people are willing to do, go. 
you know, to see it, it's worth the risk to them. And I mean, it's unbelievably impressive to me. So the NFL, anyway, they're going to play the games, um, but 100 in one day. UK uh, reports the highest number of daily COVID cases ever. So again, uh, this new contagion is um, 70% of the British population is vaxxed, fully vaxxed, two doses. But only 37% have a booster. Okay. I don't even know if the booster is going to protect you because there are crossover cases, as everybody knows. But you are much better protected if you are vaxxed. Monmouth poll uh, says that people are worn out over COVID. So the question, when you think of the past 20 months of the pandemic and any change you've had to make to your life, do you feel worn out about it? Yes, 60 percent. No, 39. I guess I'd be in a no, I'm not worn out. I'm frustrated, as everybody is, that we can't get back to a normalcy, can't travel, it's inconvenient, uh, people are getting hurt. I mean, that's the main concern. Other people are getting hurt by this. Uh, I'm not worn out yet. Uh, And two other questions in the poll caught my eye. Do you support or oppose requiring people to show proof of vaccination in order to go to work? Support 46, oppose 50. That's interesting. So more Americans don't want proof of vax in order to go to work. And the other one was, do you support or oppose instituting face masks and social distancing guidelines in your state? Support 55, oppose 42. Okay, interesting. Now, I'm not a big podcast guy. Uh, I'm way too busy for that. And I don't consider this broadcast a podcast. Uh, This is a news broadcast, the No Spin News. Podcasts are mostly audio, but they are sweeping the world. It's estimated 100 million people listen to podcasts on a regular basis. And the most popular podcasts are crime podcasts like Serial and my favorite murder. So people go in and, and they discuss or listen to or whatever all of these um, criminal situations. And then you have books. So my book, Killing the Mob, one of the best selling books of 2020 and 21. Okay. This book is sold hundreds of thousands of copies, killing the mob. And now there's another book, and I'm sure the two authors would like to sell hundreds of thousands of copies, and maybe they will, called Woke Up This Morning, The Definitive Oral History of the Sopranos by Steve Sharippa and Michael Imperioli, who starred in that program and who do a podcast about the Sopranos. Mr. Sharippa joins us now from New York City. Hey, so, Bill, how are you, pal? What was that? How are you? I'm the same, which is tragic for everybody. Okay? <laughs> so there's been no improvement here from the last time you were on. Gotcha. What is it about criminals that fascinates the American public? 
You know, I, I, you know, this has been going back since the beginning of movies, mob movies. They're, you know, uh, just like westerns. You know, mob movies are kind of like even the modern day westerns. People are fascinated with this life, which is a horrible life, Bill. You know, I grew up around this in Bensonhurst in the 60s and 70s. These are bad people that do bad things, not just to each other. Let's not, you know, people mistaken that, oh, they just hurt each other. No, they don't. They hurt a lot of innocent people. But yet, for whatever reason, we continue to like them, dress like them. There's a lot of wannabes, the cigars, conventions, nonsense. I, I, I can't put my finger on it. I used to watch uh, ID Discovery. I did a couple of shows for them uh, about murders. And then it just got too much for me. And it was like, if I want to see murders and hor horrific things, I'll just put on the news. That's all you need. I don't need to watch that for recreation. So I, I don't quite know. Okay, so I watch you on Blue Bloods as the detective, the good guy who wants to protect people. And then I contrast you to Bobby Bacala. Am I saying that correctly? Yes. yes in perfect. The Sopranos. And in The Sopranos, you're not a hardcore bad guy. You got the no. trains going on. Chase is smart enough to humanize everybody in that cast. And that's part of your book that you and Imperioli give you the inside stuff on how all the scenes went down. But Chase, the creator, um, smart enough to humanize you and the other bad guys. Coppola did it in The Godfather. I mean, you don't get more evil than Michael Corleone. He's just a quintessential evil SOB. Yet, in the beginning, he was a good guy. So I think it's this dichotomy between good and evil. But getting back to you, you, I'm sure, get still more reaction to Sopranos than Blue Bloods, and Blue Bloods a big hit. Yeah, 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 but it's kind of evened out quite a bit. I mean, Blue Bloods is a terrific show, and people love it. They love the family dinner. They love the prayer. They love that they don't kowtow to what's going on in the world now. You know, they don't, and people find it refreshing. We're in our 12th season, and I think it's great. And I tell you what, personally, I'd much rather have cops and retired cops come up to me and say, hey, I like what you're doing, as opposed to some fat wise guy downtown, you know, <laughs> saying, oh, yeah, man, I, I used hey, to can, kill guys. Can I buy you a steak? Can I buy you a beer? <laughs> That's not well, how you do it. A guy, yeah. a guy stopped me in the street. You know, I, you know, I love the show. Uh, last night, the uh, uh, the, you know, I went, you know, that's not the way you whack people. I went, okay, I got to get going. You know, I really don't really want to know how you whack people. Um, it's, it's a fascinating thing, though, and it's particularly to Sopranos. So my son, 18 years old, he didn't watch the original Soprano band. I did. Um, but now he loves watching it. And I asked him, very intelligent kid, I said, look, because he doesn't watch any TV. Kids don't watch TV anymore. They're too busy texting about their new sneakers. But he watches, you know, the, the whole... And I said, what is it? Why are you watching The Sopranos? What are you getting out of it? 
And you know what he says? He says, it's different from my life. It's like people are transported into a different life that they would never, ever do. Although I think, you know, some disturbed people do pick up stuff. But it's almost like a car accident. It's almost like, whoa, does that really happen? And I think that's why they're so fascinated with The Sopranos, which was so well done. Yeah, I mean, it's a very smart show. And you said your son is smart. And a lot of these kids are smart. And it holds up, Bill, every bit as if it was written yesterday. Besides the obvious, the cars, the computers, the phone. It's a very, very intelligent show, funny show. And it's a whole new generation. It's a whole new generation. Listen, you can do this until you're 98 because that thing will loop. (laughs) And, 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 and people, it's like the Godfather. How many times have you seen it? I mean, yeah. it's on over Thanksgiving weekend and I'm, I'm going like, and there, there's uh, Vito Corleone and I stop, even though I've it's seen everybody. it. Right. Everybody, that's one of those shows, one of those movies. You see it, you got to watch it. Okay, you so know? in our, in our meeting today, as we were discussing your appearance in the rundown, so one of my staff members said, hey, you got to ask them about Tony Soprano and the ending. And I'm going, why? They just went to the diner. You heard the Journey song. And then they faded to black and everybody got mad. And so what was your reaction to that ending? And is there any update on that? Okay, so we watched it together, nine of us. We're down at the Hard Rock. You know, nine of the cast, uh, the main cast. We watched it. We knew what was going to happen, and it was still stunning to us. Some people liked it. Some people didn't know what went on. Michael Imperioli loved it. Okay? I listened to all these people, conspiracy theories. There was different endings. All lies. All lies, all lies, all lies. As a matter of fact, December 20th, David Chase comes on the finale of the podcast. The podcast is ending. We asked him flat out. He did not give us an answer. It's up to you. It's ambiguous. I think Tony Soprano is alive and well and living in New Jersey. Some people are adamant that he died. Uh, there is no answer. It's like a book. You close well, I a heard, book. I you heard. I heard that. You, you close I, a book. And yeah. it's what you thought of the book, you know? Well, in Killing the Mob, we get everybody whacked. Every All the bad guys are out. But I heard that uh, Tony Soprano is uh, Chris Christie's caterer. Did you hear that? <laughs> it's very, <laughs> so, it's very as good an ending as anybody, right? And Carmela <laughs> is in the business too. All right, the book is Woke Up This Morning, The Definitive Oral History of the Sopranos. Obviously, if you know a Sopranos fan, makes a tremendous Christmas gift. Steve Sharippa is a good guy. I've known him for many years. Uh, we commiserate at the New York Knick game sometimes. And uh, excellent actor, Steve. I mean... How you can play the gangster and the good detective as effectively as you do, that just proves it all. So have a good holiday season. Thanks for helping us out. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Thank you, man. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me.
With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. So I get a lot of mail saying, look, I'm fed up. I want to move out of the USA. I don't advise that, by the way. Unless you have people and established ties, living in another country, not easy. But there's a study from Expat Insider, which I never heard of, and they quizzed 12,000 expats. When you're an expat, means expatriate. You leave the country, live someplace else. Expat. And they got the five places where Americans are happiest. So they base this on quality of life, ease of settling in, working abroad, personal finance. You ready for the countries? All right, here they are. Number one, Malaysia, and specifically the capital, Kuala Lumpur. 85% of American expats are happy over there. Wow. Now, I have been to Malaysia. It's hot. A lot of Muslims, some of them dangerous, a lot of strife. Malaysia, third world, but it's very inexpensive. So you can have a nice little house on the beach. You can have a cook. You can have a maid. You can have a driver. It doesn't cost a lot. Would I live in Malaysia? No way. No way. Second, Spain, specifically Malaga, Spain, on the Costa de Sol. Spend some time in Malaga. Nice town. It's like Miami. Okay? Big high rises, nice beach. Not that expensive, but for Spain it is. But, you know, you can do okay there. 86% of American expats happy in Malaga, Spain. It's a nice environment. It gets hot, but the Mediterranean is right there. Three, Dubai, United Arab Emirates. 72% are happy there. Dubai. So I haven't been there, but I've been to Kuwait, which is just up the road. And it's hot. (laughs) All the time. Hot. But Dubai is like a theme park. Now, Kuwait, you don't want to go to. But Dubai has got all these giant malls and very wealthy. The government there controls everything. Safe. Whatever you want in the world. You want a little caviar. There it is. Whatever you want. And uh, a lot of Americans heading over to Dubai. Number four, Sydney, Australia. Now, this was before the COVID lockdown. So Sydney, good town. Very similar to America. Um, all the conveniences. People have the same mentality, capitalism. But now the government of Australia is telling you you can't get out of the house if you do this, that, and the other thing. 
COVID has really changed over there. But if you're interested in Australia, not an easy place to get to, by the way. You got to buy your way in there. Um, they don't want a lot of foreigners, even if you're Americans. But Sydney, um, you're going to have a nice life in Sydney. And finally, Singapore. 79% happy with life in Singapore. So I spent a considerable amount of time there. It's a fascist dictatorship. No crime. Everything runs. Everything works. Hot. <laughs> Again, all these places are hot. Sydney, not quite like Singapore. But if you are into finance and the finer things in life, Singapore, everybody speaks English. You know, everybody speaks English except in Malaysia and Spain. In uh, Dubai, everybody speaks English. So those are the five. The five worst for expats where they don't like it. Rome, unbelievably expensive. Milan, no reason to go there. Johannesburg, dangerous all day long. Istanbul, exotic but dangerous. And Tokyo, chaos. I've been to all of those cities. I would never, ever live in any of them. I'd visit, but not live in them. So if you're thinking about leaving the good old USA, you got to go there first for a month or two before you make any decision. You got to get a taste of it. But it would take a lot for me to leave this, this country. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by faith. Mike Pence. So the Republican club, the student club, at Stanford University in Palo Alto, California, wanted to invite Vice President Pence to speak on campus. Now, that's a prestigious get, all right? Former Vice President comes and speaks to the student body. 7-6 decision by the Undergraduate Student Senate to deny funding. 
Now, this is terrible for Stanford University, which is a good university, one of the best. This is awful. So the president should override and say, no, we are a university that stands for free speech and the vice president is going to be allowed to speak here. But the president hasn't done that. Um, it, it just, you know, you know, the media situation, the academic situation has fallen off the cliff, too, in this country. James Bond. So the last movie uh, was bad. I told you it was bad uh, in the beginning. Um, no time to die. So it's actually losing money, if you can believe this. So uh, according to um, industry analysts, they say, Variety is the, is the Bible of the showbiz community. No Time to Die had to make $900 million to break even because it costs a lot to make and then it had to be marketed globally and then it was on the shelf for a year because of COVID. So globally, uh, No Time to Die has made $771 million, uh, and so it's not going to break even. But it's going to lose money. First Bond movie ever to lose money. The reason is that they ruined James Bond. I mean, he's not James Bond anymore. He's kind of some woke guy. Double uh, <laughs> O woke. Um, and now the creator, uh, a woman named Barbara Broccoli, producer of the series, she went on to say things might even get worse for the tape. Do you still think that Bond will always be a man? I do, because I don't think that we should be making films where women are playing men. I think we should be making more films about women and create female characters. Um, so I think Bond will, I mean, I think Bond will be a man. Non-binary, perhaps, maybe one day? Who knows? I mean, I think it's open, you know? I mean, we just have to find the right actor. So non-binary means you don't identify as a man or woman. I don't use he or she pronouns. I, 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 so now 007, License to Kill, is not going to really know whether he's a guy or a gal. That, that sounds like a real successful formula, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Hollywood has just ruined itself. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, the game now is to uh, black out, as we're seeing, news that might hurt the progressive left. Yes, the Biden administration is center, you know, for the networks. But the progressive left really controls the Internet and social media. These are the real uber leftists. I use that word uber too many times today. But these are the people that are really bent in destroying traditional America. So they fear me. Most of all, you know, I'm up there. They fear Limbaugh. Okay, they fear me. Uh, they fear some people on Fox News. And they will do anything, all right, to A, destroy and B, black out. 
black out. Now, I don't go out seeking uh, other media opportunities. I'll do it if I think I'm going to get a fair play. And again, Dan Abrams did that. So we were very pleased that he was a fair guy. I don't mind being challenged. Okay. But I knew as soon as I did that, that the far left would would take that and, and propagandize. And that's exactly what happened. But for you, the American citizen, the loyal, good, honest citizen, in order to prosper in this country, you need information. That is valid information. Look at how many people voted for Joe Biden because they didn't like Trump. I mean, that's the only reason Biden won. And because he won, look at the state of the country now. Look at it. It's terrible. Biden is the worst president in history for one year. He's worse than James Buchanan and Herbert Hoover. The worst. And the reason he got elected was because Trump was demonized. Now, Trump didn't help himself by being bombastic. He didn't. You got to be honest about it. He did not help himself. But the only reason Biden's sitting in the Oval Office today is because they lied about Trump. They lied about Russia. They lied and lied and lied and lied. And it is continuing. We will fight it here. And that's why we appreciate so much you watching. We'll see you tomorrow.